And welcome everyone to another action-packed episode of the Deadly Podcast of Kung Fu, brought to you by the Villains Demand as I, JVD, attempt to traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artist in Iron Fist and Shang-Chi. If you want to talk to me about the podcast or comics or anything related to the Marvel Universe, you can hit me up on Twitter at Villains Demand. Before I continue on, this weekend is Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings debut weekend. As fans of the MCU, as hopefully fans of this podcast, go support that movie, support Marvel, support the MCU, make this movie huge. Um, We need different types of storytelling in Marvel, much like this, like I mentioned in the last episode. It's an MCU movie. Mixed in with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's not the typical Marvel movie you're going to get. And we need more storytelling like this. Especially when we know the heavy mystical side of Marvel is on the way. We're getting a little bit of Moon Knight here probably next year. We know Blade's coming, which is probably leading us to Ghost Rider. Moon Knight brings Werewolf by Night. We've already had the mention of vampires in the MCU. So different stories like this being told on the big screen or on Disney Plus need to happen and need to be important to the longevity of the MCU. Still debating on if I want to do a review of Shang-Chi. Like I said, I'm this is a comic book based podcast. I might do it. I might just give a brief review. I'm just not really sure just yet on what I'm going to decide. But um, without further ado, let's move on to today's topic at hand. We're covering Marvel Team-Up number 31's first team-up between... Spider-Man and Iron Fist, my two favorite superheroes. It's a little one-shot story. It's probably going to be really short and sweet. I wish it was a little bit longer. I wish it was like one of the giant size issues or the story's longer. But, you know, I'll take what I can get when we get these characters because I know in the future there's a lot of crossovers between these two characters. So this is kind of a little tease enough to get you prepared but uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and move on to the story called For a Few Fist More. While getting some breakfast at a local diner, Pete and everyone's meals are interrupted as Iron Fist kicks a thug through the glass door. After disarming and leaving him unconscious, Danny ignores the owner's anger at the destruction and leaves. Curious to who the unknown hero is, Pete suits up and chases him down. Webbing his way towards Iron Fist, Spidey is being watched by a futuristic-looking man who speaks backwards and is looking to gain and absorb the powers between both him and Iron Fist. Without setting off a spider, since the mysterious stranger uses a ray gun to sever the web line and send Spidey crashing into Iron Fist on the streets below. Pete tries to explain himself, but Danny is having none of it and attacks him. After a short scuffle, Spidey has to web up Iron Fist to stop him, which gives Danny time to gather his composure, realize Pete is right, and breaks out of the webbing using his chi. While discussing what happened at a construction site, the stranger, now known as Drom the Backwards Man, uses the ray gun to bring what looks to be cement alive, like cement mix. Uh, It could be sand because they are in a park. Um, So it's either or, but this creature looks, you know, much like Sandman. Um, to attack the heroes. After taking out Iron Fist, Spidey manages to web the creature up, because it's Spider-Man, but is KO'd by Drom, who gets the drop on him with his ray gun. Back at his lab, Drom explains to the captured Pete that when he was born, his body was somehow exchanged through time and left old. 
Now, as he de-ages to youth, he needs human energy to slow the process until he can find a way to stop it. As it looks like there is no escape for Spidey, Iron Fist punches his way into the lab and reveals that he was playing possum so he could find Drom's hideout. Not being able to touch Drom due to him absorbing coronal energy, they decide to smash a giant mirror over him which sends Drom into a panic because it will cause him to fade from existence if broken. Not listening to his pleas, they take him out and watch as he fades from a middle-aged man to a kid to an infant and to nothingness before their eyes. Confused and baffled as the two parts ways, Peter rushes home to make a voice recording of what happened, fearing that his memory of the event will fade away much like Drom. Just as he finishes doing so, the microphone slips from his hands as he forgets what he was doing with it. So before I dive into this very strange story, I'm going to get me a little drink. We're going to take a little break to kind of expand this episode out a little before I get to the notes, because there's some things I really want to point out about this story. And when we get back, we're going to uh, dive into exactly who and what Drom is. Welcome back to Deadly Hands of Kung Fu with myself, JVD, as we're going to dive here into this story. A few more fists. Um, it is not a good story at all, except for the twist at the end. Um, that, that's pretty cool about the story, that you've learned that it's, a, it's kind of a flashback because it's already happened and Pete's scrambling to tell the story because at the end, Iron Fist pretty much tells him, you know, does a man really seem to not exist once the memory of him fades and i guess that kind of tips pete off you know that he needs to you know record this because he's afraid that that might happen because you know him not existing at all pete was afraid that the memory would go away and it's a very spider-man thing to do i mean pete's a very intelligent character um what's bad about this story if you want to go back and listen to episode seven with the shang chi crossover from a giant size spider-man number two that book has a good setup and an excellent fight between Shang-Chi and Spider-Man, and you don't get that here. Even when they have the scuffle, which Drom sets up between them, there's not a whole lot to note. Um, the fight itself, it again shows you how, in terms of street-level power, how close Spidey is to all the characters back in the day, uh, especially there before like the mid to late 80s when he really got his big power boost. And uh, he's pretty much fighting Iron Fist equally, much like he was Shang-Chi. And, you know, his martial arts are obviously giving Spider-Man a problem, which he references to Iron Fist fighting much like Shang-Chi. Uh, the, the impressive thing is, is once uh, he gets Danny where he's in an open area, because they're just kind of fighting on the sidewalk, he webs him up, you know, his feet and his hands and whatnot. And Iron Fist still manages to break free with the power of the Iron Fist. We're learning that, you know, when... It seems like when he brings the chi to his fist, it basically enhances him physically. Um, so Drom. Drom is the big big center focus of the story that we really need to talk about. Uh, the backwards man, or the uh, this book probably should have been called, in hindsight, The Curious Case of Drom the Backwards Man. I've never seen The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And I'd imagine that the story, if it's as, the movie is as boring as the story, I don't ever want to watch it. He starts off in the book speaking backwards. Everything is backwards. His dialogue is backwards in your caption boxes. We're basically telling you what the dialogue says. You know, every time he speaks, it's like a Zatanna spell. 
Um, and eventually he turns on a translator and we discover that him speaking comes with his affliction of being in reverse. As I mentioned earlier, minutes after his birth, uh, his body somehow instantaneously turned into an elder man while he was in the nursery. Now, Drom, when he's explaining this to Peter, he believes that it might have there might have been an experiment going on in the future, and it backfired, and somehow it sent chronal energy through the time stream to the past, and it hit him moments after he was born. And that's kind of an interesting thing. It's very um, Flash-like, you know. That's something I think you would really kind of find in a Flash comic. But we do learn... That he's been doing this for 45 years. So at the time of the story here in the mid-70s, I mean, you're looking at him in the 1930s is when he was born, you know. And technology apparently has come a long way from that the time he was born till now, especially a lot of stuff that he's figured out. His story gets even more crazier. We've realized that he's built a conversion machine because he's, his metabolism is actually in reverse. And he cannot taste food. Um, I'm, I don't want to really br- like think about how that works. Like, does when he put it in his mouth, does he not get it to it? Does it just just dissolves? And what, well, I don't know. Hold up, let me let me put it this way. Um, he he says that he absorbs anything that touches him. He absorbs the chronal energy. So basically, he ages everything he touches. Uh, the first time when him and Spider-Man, when he gets a drop on him, Spidey obviously goes to web him in the face. It's, you know, the Spider-Man thing to do. And as it comes near him and he gets very close, the webbing turns to dust. And to prove that this is a thing, he picks up a book and he shows Pete when he touches the book, it actually ages the book to dust. So, um, for a guy that's going backwards, that's cool because it's allowing him, I guess, to maintain his age as he absorbs, basically, the time. Like, okay... Say you're 30 and you're going to live to be 80. If he touched you, he would absorb basically, I guess, 50 years of life force that would help slow down his own process. It's a very interesting thing and technically kind of makes him a very deadly villain if you don't have any type of ranged way to uh, beat him. And that's what he needs is our chronal energy to survive. It's uh, pretty crazy. And then they don't really explain a whole lot about how he absorbs that like if he's got a device or if it's just a natural thing he figures it was just a natural thing and he was in new york city everywhere he walked he would just constantly absorb energy little by little when he walked around people do this little thing and basically he's kind of like a time paradox now if this character couldn't get any more odd and weird uh, there's a mirror thing where uh, he panics about spidey and iron fist breaking the mirror over him and uh, he states, if they break it, he will fail to maintain his identity. And so I, I don't get that at first. Uh, there's only one possible thing I could think of. And um, my thing is, like, when, when you look into a mirror, your reflection is reversed back at you. So you're practically staring at yourself, right? And to me, if he is reversed and looks into a mirror, it's it's normal to him. It's not a reversed image. It's a normal image. That's the only thing I could think of. And so I was like, okay. Well, okay, that kind of makes sense in a way, maybe. Am I right? Am I wrong? But then I thought, well, he never carried a mirror anywhere else. So why would this just be 
something that come into play now. I, I was very confused by it. And then even weirder uh, for this is when after they break the mirror, uh, Spidey states that he quivered like a TV tube going out. And then he just de-aged rapidly in the nothingness of this entire time when I knew they def were going to defeat him. That's why I thought I'm like, is he just going to turn into a baby and be done? Or is he just going to wink out of existence? And that's what he did. Um, and it's crazy. Is Iron Fist, at the end of this, he brings up uh, a point that maybe Drom never existed at all. Due to being this time paradox of a man, you know, basically going from elderly age before death all the way to, you know, infancy into nothingness, atoms. If anything, you know, it's crazy. And to me, it's not a good story for these two on a team. Of, now, if this would have been with another character such as, like, Mr. Fantastic or, you know, an Iron Man or a Bruce Banner, you know, a very scientific character, this it would have been fine with that. But when you've got a guy that you're promoting as this martial artist due to the martial artist craze, and you stick him into a Spider-Man story that's very scientifically based in um, what-if type of fiction. It, it's not good. I mean, there's tons of Spider-Man villains that you could have used for the story that had been really, really good. Doc Ock would have been pretty awesome to see. I would have really enjoyed that. Craven, Scorpion, um, Iron Fist knocking around the very heavy-duty durable rhino with the iron fist in his cheek that would have been really cool just not a really cool thing and, and so when i finished this up i thought okay got to look into this guy see if there's anything else nope this is it he's in some like handbooks of spider-man uh i think he's mentioned in one of the annuals i think that was in web is what it listed but he never shows back up this is his first appearance and his death nothing else and i thought surely this guy's tied to kang somehow no no Kang, no nothing, missed opportunity. Uh, so, overall, not big on this story. Um, but if you're trying to be a completist, you know, like I am, it's in your collection for Iron Fist or for Spider-Man. So I guess that's a double whammy for me. But yeah, this is a story you can completely skip out on. But wrapping up this episode, um, JVD, you can follow me over at Villains Man on Twitter. You can also check me out on the Crossover Collision Podcast with the Professor Evan the Great, where we take your favorite characters in fiction and discuss how a fight would play out between them. If you like The Villains Man, check us out on Facebook or on Instagram. You follow The Villains Man on Twitter at TVDPods. If you're over on Podchaser, check out the Nerd Circle, where you can find the Deadly Podcast, Kung Fu and Crossover Collision, and please leave a rating there or wherever you can leave a rating for your favorite podcast. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you don't like it. Let me know what you think. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Please tell me if you like our music. Check out Rushing Tiger by Kurover on SoundCloud. It's a very, very awesome track. Uh, I suggest working out to it. It really gets you pumped up. It's very high pace. If you haven't listened to it and you just skip it. But wherever you are on social media, please like and share the episodes. I'd really appreciate it. But in the end, guys, support your favorite podcasts. Support your local comic book shops. Get out there and see Shang-Chi this weekend and next weekend. Check it when it out when it's on Disney+. Plus. And buy it when it's on Blu-ray. And keep reading comics, guys. Oh. Uh.